good to see you. May we pray. Though we are weak, your grace is everything we need. We're made of clay, but this treasure is within. You turn our weaknesses into your opportunities so that the glory goes to you, O Lord our God. We pray that you would help us this morning with some familiar thoughts. We pray that you would give us ears to hear, but also that you would give us hearts that are willing to listen. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I can be powerful. That's the name of the topic this morning. That's what the children are going to be listening to or learning about themselves. Um, I'm just putting on a little clock here so that I know how long I've got. Because you know me, never use a sentence when a paragraph will do. Um, I can be powerful. And I want to remind us about the empowering of God's people by the Holy Spirit. This is a huge subject. We haven't got time to do anything more than highlight a few things. It's not a new topic, but I hope that I can offer a few reminders. But more than that, I hope and I pray that I will offer an encouragement or two. Our reading from John's Gospel where Jesus promised the Holy Spirit is the starting point. Jesus himself promised that the Father would send the Holy Spirit. And then we read in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, these are the last recorded words that Jesus spoke before he went back to the Father and he said this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Moving onwards, Acts chapter 2 teaches of the Holy Spirit coming at Pentecost. And thereafter, as you know, throughout the Holy Spirit, we read of the empowered disciples and the the evolving church doing amazing things and Christian people being transformed both individually and collectively into spirit-filled ambassadors of the living Lord. As we continue to read... In some of those New Testament epistles, there seems to be a sort of an emphasis on the Holy Spirit equipping particular people. 1 Corinthians 12 is a passage in which so-called spiritual gifts are mentioned. The gift of wisdom, the gift of knowledge, the gift of healing, prophecy, discernment, tongues, interpretation, and so on. There are other passages which add to that list. Gifts given to individuals to empower the church internally. Paul, in some of his writings, especially 1 Corinthians 12, seeks to instill a sense of order within the church because of inappropriate emphasis on the spiritual gifts. 
almost because as if some Christian folk are trying to outdo each other with different gifts when actually the gifts are given as a means of building up the church and creating unity a story is told of a man joining a guided tour around an oil refinery it was an immense place covering many square miles it was like a small city it was so big that it had its own railway and road system with traffic regulations and street lights and roundabouts it had its own power station it had a medical centre its own fire brigade and its own police force huge place the, the guide tour the guided tour looked at all of these different processes all the processes involved in refining oil it, they were shown the ships arriving at the quay discharging the crude oil into storage tanks they were shown um, the refining process itself the tour took all day and at the end the guide said thank you for being here I hope that you've enjoyed it are there any questions and the man said well you've shown us the crude oil arriving and storage and refining but what we've not seen is the refined oil the end product leaving the refinery and the guide, in a rather matter-of-fact way, said, well, this place is now so big and so complex that we use all of the oil that we, ref we refine to power the refinery and to keep the place running. Friends, is there any possibility that that rather improbable picture of an oil refinery might resemble some people's understanding of the church in other words whatever good stuff we have here whatever God has blessed us with is for here and it's nothing to do with the rest of the week or the rest of our lives it's for here and it's not throughout there surely not surely not surely that can't be an attitude that we have dear friends God does not give his Holy Spirit as a badge of office nor as a personal possession he gives us his spirit as a means to an end, not as an end in itself. And God's primary purpose is to empower us for his purpose, to empower us to empower and bless other people, to spread the good news of the Lord Jesus and God's kingdom that's his purpose so let's move away from thinking about God empowering us in a corporate way as a whole church as a group of individuals the title I can be powerful I 
can be powerful. And that means you. You can be powerful. The most obvious way in which we can see ourselves being empowered is simply to recognise the Holy Spirit at work within ourselves and in other people, other Christians that we know. In Galatians 5, Paul gives us a list of what he refers to as fruit of the Spirit. And he gives us some examples. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Somebody wrote a song about that once. Brilliant. It was Jesus himself, way back in Matthew chapter 7, who actually said, by their fruit will you recognise them. And now Paul is referring to that. Just as you can recognise a tree or a bush by the kind of fruit it produces, and you can also recognise and identify the quality, that the health of that bush or tree by the quality of the fruit, Paul provides some examples of recognisable characteristic changes that happen in us through the Holy Spirit as we progress in our Christian lives. Fruit that we can also recognise in other believers. Fruit that we can also see developing to be more prominent with the passage of time. This is a lifelong experience. It's not an all-at-the-same-time thing. The list of fruit in Galatians 5 is also a sign of empowering and and a source of empowerment. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, it means... But if you have a heart full of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and a few of those other things, then you're much more likely to be motivated to help other people and to love your neighbour and get involved in all sorts of stuff that you would have been less likely to be interested in if the fruit had not developed. Is that not true? Yes. Thank you. And as you do all of those things, as you roll up your sleeves, as you help your neighbour, and as you show love to the unlovely, you are serving God. Do you believe that? You have been empowered to do those things on God's behalf. There's a story... A number of years ago, a story of an American teenager who lived in California, a kid of 14 who developed leukemia. And he was successfully treated. But of course, the treatment for leukemia with the chemotherapy drugs meant that he lost all of his hair. Now, think of the impact of losing all your hair on a 14-year-old kid for whom street cred is everything. There came a time when he was well enough to go back to school and he was terrified at the potential comments and having a mickey taken on whatever the American equivalent of that is. But there so happened to be a Christian boy in that class. And when he heard that the kid was going to come back to school, He spoke to all of his classmates. And on that Monday morning, 
when that young man turned up at school every other boy in the class had a bald head does that bless you? isn't that a wonderful thing to do? that kid was prompted to do that by the Holy Spirit do you believe that? praise God I can be powerful you can be powerful now, okay you might say, actually I don't like that title very much because I'm not kind of a power sort of person I much prefer sitting at the back sorry, I didn't, I'm not drawing attention to where you're sitting but, you know, sitting there and keeping your head down with a crash helmet on and stuff I'm just not that let me give you an alternative title God can work through me that's the same thing that's exactly what we're talking about God can work through me through you each one of you individually we've spoken about spiritual gifts and how God empowers the church sometimes through individuals through special gifts we've spoken about the fruit of the spirit and how God changes us from the inside as we walk with him how we develop attitudes and outlooks and personal virtues which point to God's power and enable him to use us more effectively but let me just tell you that that list that we looked at from scripture of spiritual gifts and the fruit of the spirit is incomplete it's incomplete because there are all sorts of ways and many many circumstances in which God can make you powerful ways in which he can work through you just in one off circumstances sometimes we know little about it sometimes we're as bemused that it happened I discovered this um, for myself when Faye and I used to have a dog or two and when I, couldn't, when I couldn't persuade the children to do it I used to have to take the dog for a walk um, on the field and I got into the practice as we were walking along the field there um, of praying out loud and you know what was amazing as I was praying out loud I would suddenly hear myself praying for stuff that it wasn't on my heart to pray about so ever happened to you? What a blessing. I used to quite enjoy looking forward to praying out loud because I was interested to see, hear what I was going to say next. But that was God prompting me to pray for things, I believe. It was also, I might tell you, training for chaplaincy. Honestly, I believe that to be true. God speaking to me in that way. God encouraging me to pray out loud for people over my Christian life I've become a student of God incidences not coincidences, I don't believe in them God incidences when things happen or you just, it happened to you or through you which are a sign of God at work in the last couple of weeks I met a man in the hospital corridor 
and he greeted me like a long lost brother thank you he said I'm so pleased I've found you I've caught you I, I thought I'd miss you thank you it's just lovely to see you do you remember when you came to see me six months ago on Trafalgar Ward and I wanted to die? And I hoped that I would die because the uncertainty of not knowing whether all the cancer had been taken was just a bit overwhelming in my weakened state after the operation, full of drugs and all of that stuff. I just wanted to die. I didn't want to survive. And you came in, you made it all okay. And I've just been for a checkup, and they say I'm fine. Praise God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I'm stood there holding his hand with this slightly obsequious grin on my face. And I'm listening to and encouraging him to talk. And all the time I'm thinking to myself, I haven't got a clue who you are. I don't know who you are. And I can't even begin to tell you how many patients or relatives or families I've spoken to in the hospital corridor in the last six months. Praise God, I said. Isn't that wonderful that God's done that for you? That was God using me. This isn't about me. It's just as equally about everybody here. But what a way to encourage me. That man said, please can we go and say a prayer again? And so we went into the chapel and we said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. And we thanked God for, the, his, for him answering prayer. And I was really blessed by that. This man in a weakened state had remembered some words that I'd said in prayer. And it touched him and it gave him strength to look forward. And there in that moment when he needed God to be there for him... God empowered me twice. Once at the bedside on Trafalgar Road and once in the chapel when we could just share that together and give thanks to God. Isn't God good? Wonderful. I have a brother called... Well, I've got several, but... A brother, David, who lives in the West Country, and one day he was driving from village to village as part of his job. He does a travelling sales thing. And he suddenly discovered in his pocket was a cheque he was supposed to have paid into the bank two days before. And he knew that he dare not go home without having paid the cheque in. Just don't even think about it. So at the next village, he called in at the branch of that bank... And he was stood in the queue. And as he was stood there waiting, he heard God speak to him. And God said, tell that man in front that I love him. Now the man in front was six foot several. And David quaked in his shoes. And he thought, no, I'm not hearing this properly. And God said again, tell that man that I love him. So happened, David reported to me later... David, um, so happens that that man, uh, that there were two tellers who became free at the same time. So David went to one, this other man went to the, went to the other one. And they finished about the time, same time. And as they were leaving the bank, David tapped this man on the shoulder and he said, Please excuse me, sir, you don't know me at all. But I need to tell you that God really, really loves you. And I sense that it's really important that you know that right now. And this mountain of a man stood on the pavement in a Devon village, broke, in, broke down in tears. 
Now, we never did, I, I do not know what the outcome was, and David didn't, because David felt it was too intrusive to stop and pursue. But David just sort of wished him well and said, I'll say a prayer for you. But God did that. Isn't that amazing? I was in Chatham shopping and I suddenly, out of the blue, thought to myself, what on earth am I doing here? I didn't intend to come to this end of the, this end of the um, high street. What, what on earth am I doing here? I meant to go the other way. And as I turned round, there was a, an elderly man who I know a former teacher, uh, Debbie and Rachel, who had been discharged from hospital two days before. He had ill-advisedly gone downtown to do a bit of shopping and he was propped up against the wall and he was fainting. <laughs> and what was I doing? Was that a coincidence? So I got the car and I brought him back to our place and we sat him down. I gave him a cup of tea and a piece of cake and he slept for 12 hours. That poor man. Think what would have happened if he'd collapsed in the middle of Chatham High Street. R.T. Kendall, famous preacher, many of you know, Westminster Chapel. He was away on a preaching engagement and his wife was home alone over the weekend. Saturday evening, he heard, she heard God speak. Go to the embankment. Thames embankment's not a good place for a single woman to go on a Saturday night. But she went. When she got there, the Lord directed her to the footbridge that goes alongside the railway bridge thing. I don't, can't remember what that's called. doesn't matter. So she walked along there... And halfway along, there was a man with a rucksack, and she later discovered that that rucksack was full of rocks. He was going to throw, his, throw himself into the river. He was going to take his own life. And Artie Kendall's wife, Mrs. Artie, can't remember, she took him home. You might say that wasn't a sensible thing to do either. But that's what she did. Because God was empowering her to do that. Isn't that brilliant? Why are we so surprised at that? God's doing it all the time. All of us could give an account of something similar. That's what God does. He works through us. We could go on and on. giving anecdote after anecdote and it's brilliant when there is opportunity for us to do that when there's opportunity for us to share those events it's a blessing because we get encouraged we encourage ourselves we encourage other people we remind ourselves that God is a great big God and it's not just the particular um, miraculous things like going to the Thames embankment or tapping someone on the shoulder in the middle of a bank it's not necessarily stuff like that it's just sometimes God prompting us about something to say to a particular person in the middle of a conversation meeting a stranger and suddenly becoming aware that actually there's something about that person 
there's something about that person which is a connection and, and God is leading us to do that. All of us have had those experiences. Rejoice. God works through you. God empowers you. That's what we're talking about this morning. It's not a very academic pursuit, this, is it, this morning? It's not supposed to be academic. It's supposed to be an encouragement for all of us to know that you will be and you have been empowered. I can be powerful. So when your kids come home, parents from Sunday school, from PJ gang and stuff today, talking about, I can be powerful, well, you can share some of the things that you've been reminded of today. Not only can you be powerful, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are powerful. God can work through you. Yes, you. I'm not pointing at you, sir. I'm pointing at anybody. A scatter effect. Everybody. God can work through all of us. And I don't care if you've been a Christian for five minutes or 50 years. God can work through you. What I'm asking you today is expect him to do so. And don't be surprised when he does. When he does, say, thank you, Lord. That's blessed me. That's encouraged me. Because next time it happens, I'll be even more ready. That's what we're talking about today. I can be powerful. You can be empowered by God. For God's purpose, not for yours. It's not about making yourself look big and important and all of that stuff. It's about the glory goes to him. Didn't we sing that in Rejoice, Rejoice? So that the glory goes to him. Amazing. Don't be surprised. Be blessed. We started with a passage of scripture and God prompted me with a passage of scripture to finish on. And this is Ephesians 3, 20, 21. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Let it be so. That's what amen means. Let it be so, Lord. Amen. Amen.